COVID and quarantine turned Louisville's downtown into a ghost town almost overnight. Now, nearly a year later, WDRB's Katrina Helmer and Chris Otts investigate whether downtown workers will ever return. And in this WDRB special assignment. Exactly. If you're flat, if you if you're flat over a 10-year period, that's that's not a that's not a healthy, healthy move. From the digital journalists of WDRB.com, this is uncovered. A behind-the-scenes look at stories affecting education, business, criminal justice, and more in Louisville, Kentucky. And now for the show. This is Katrina Helmer with WDRB News, and I'm here with my colleague, Chris Otts. Chris, how's it going? Going well, Katrina. Thanks. Well, good. Today we're going to discuss a special story that you and I worked on together. Um, downtown Louisville is pretty empty these days. That's not only because there are no conventions, no bourbon tourists, but also because many people who used to come downtown to work in those offices just have not been showing up for a year now. Yeah, that's right, Katrina. And, and you know, we were kind of looking at this story for months, really, because the issue is pretty obvious. Um, you know, with the pandemic, obviously people are staying away, but what happens if they never come back? What happens if companies figure out that they don't need uh, as much of a physical presence as they had before? Because if you were largely working with a computer and an internet connection and a phone prior to the pandemic, and you've gotten used to working at home and attitudes have changed about that, why not make that permanent? Aren't people going to get used to that? And then what happens with the sense of place downtown? What happens with all of the office space that may not be needed anymore? There's a lot of ramifications here moving forward for that time when we get past the pandemic. And of course, we're not even there yet. There are so many pieces to this puzzle and so many what ifs. So, Chris, when we were thinking about how do we approach this story even, you decided we needed to visit a place called Cravings. I have boss's dressing because okay. it was going to be a small thing earlier and I got okay. this. All right. So tell everyone what Cravings is. $50 worth of dressing. <laughs> I want to make sure you do it. 11.07. All right. This is a downtown lunch uh, place, breakfast and lunch place, that has been around for a long time. It's kind of an institution. It's in the basement of uh, what is called PNC Tower. It used to be called National City Tower. This is the biggest uh, office building, the tallest, I think, in downtown. Uh, it's at 5th and Main. It's that big, dark black building that's next to the Humana building. And we went in and, you know, we passed you know, just a few days ago after we visited uh, in February, the Starbucks on the first floor had finally closed down for good. So, you know, when you lose the Starbucks that... Things are challenging. So we we made our way down to the basement of this place, and it's run by these two really gregarious brothers, uh, Chuck and Joe Krill. What's it like to work every day with your brother? <laughs> you know, it's either the worst experience in your life or it's the best. 
and there's no in between. Yeah. So we've been here 24 years. I'll let you draw your own conclusions. <laughs> Uh, and they were really fun to be around. Uh, they like to joke around with each other and they really welcomed us. Uh, they've made their living doing this for decades in Louisville. They used to have a place in the Starks building, I think called the Colonnade. That was uh, a renowned place to go. And they've been here for several years now. And, you know, we asked, uh, we asked Chuck, I think is the one who spoke with us. And he didn't mince words about how challenging a time this has been for them because there's just nobody downtown. But since then, about 70% decline in business. Uh, At one point, we were down to about 50 people per day at some points during the summer. We've gained a little bit of that back, but nowhere near where we were. So for the, for the year, Their customer counts have just dropped like a rock. And of course, this has really rippled throughout downtown. We've seen so many restaurants close. I used to love, you know, Dish on Market was a great little spot that I didn't think a lot of people really appreciated. And that's gone. And Taco Luchador is gone. So many places have not been able to make it. Another place, Sandwich Shop, 50 years old. I, I talked to the owner there, uh, one of the owners there. She recently decided to close up shop, and she loves downtown, has been a big downtown proponent. But she doesn't think that the workers are ever coming back, or at least not to the degree that they were before, and didn't see a way forward, even with all of the PPP loans and short-term small business loans from the city. It just didn't seem like her business was going to turn around anytime soon. So Cravings is holding on, but it's an incredibly challenging time for them without all of these people downtown. And it raises you know, the question, you know, what happens to the vibrancy of downtown uh, if this continues longer? So the pandemic, as we've been talking about, means that many, perhaps most of the workers who would go downtown every single day have been staying at home, and that's happening in every city. But Chris, one of the main points we wanted to make in this story, Louisville's downtown already had challenges even before the pandemic. Yeah, that's right. We spoke with a commercial real estate agent named Rick Ashton with uh, the Louisville office of JLL. And he really helped us with this story. They have so much good data on this. And, you know, the issue is that we've seen a ton of development in downtown Louisville over the last 10 years. If you start with the Yum Center uh, and then you get the reworked convention center that brought in more conventions, you get places like the Old Forester Distillery on Main Street, that's a $45 million place. The Angel's Envy Distillery, uh, the Jim Beam uh, Bourbon Experience, which is now gone permanently, and lots of other bourbon tourism type things downtown. And all that has been really positive and it's it's increased the number of people who want to come 
and stay downtown. And we've seen a huge hotel boom. I mean, there's like a dozen new hotels downtown in the last 10 years, probably more than that. If you look at a historical snapshot of downtown Louisville um, a year ago versus where we had been historically, we've never been better. There have been more opportunities for entertainment, for uh, uh, you know, hotel, the bourbonism, uh, Convention Center was was reconstructed. I, I know we did go through a time where we had. The and yet, despite all that momentum, one of the points that we really wanted to drive home in this story is that the office market downtown, the market for companies wanting to locate workers in the central business district, has been stagnant. One of the things Rick told us is that there's been zero net absorption. And that basically means newly occupied space. So the market hasn't grown exactly. if you're flat, in a decade. If, you, if you're flat over a 10 year period, that's that's not a that's not a healthy, healthy market. We don't exactly we don't want to see 0.5% population growth. We want to see 2% population growth. When we spoke to Rick Ashton, we were actually inside a building called 500 West Jefferson. Why is this building such a perfect example of the issues facing downtown Louisville? This building really encapsulates all of those issues. So one of them is corporate consolidation. It's It used to be called PNC Plaza because PNC was there. And many years ago, PNC and National City Bank were different institutions. And of course, uh, PNC swallowed up National City right around the time of the Great Recession about a decade ago. And what followed from that was corporate consolidation. And they moved out and moved into the building now called PNC Plaza or PNC Tower, excuse me. I get them confused all the time at Fifth and Main. Another trend is suburbanization. So while the the demand for office space in downtown Louisville has been pretty stagnant and tepid, there are areas that are suburban that are growing. And so if you think of the Shelbyhurst office buildings out at um, Shelbyville Road and Hurstbourne Parkway. They are like the main example of this. And last year, uh, an accounting firm, Dean Dorton, moved out of uh, the old PNC Plaza and into one of these new buildings at um, Shelbyville Road and Hurstbourne Parkway. And we were speaking with Rick Ashton about this. Downtown, if we continue to see this trend and gap between uh, downtown and the suburbs, um, we've clearly seen uh, new construction in the suburbs. We've seen uh, incremental rental rate increases in the suburbs and uh, uh, speculative construction in the suburbs. So there's clearly a demand and a driver for that. And he was making the point that the rents downtown just do not justify building new office space like they do in the suburbs. So it's actually more expensive to get one of these new suburban buildings, but a lot of companies want that for their workers. They want the latest and greatest and newest space. And downtown's last like nice 
class A office tower was built in 1992. That is 400 West Market Street. It used to be called the Aegon Center. Again, corporate consolidation. Aegon was uh, an insurance company that bought another insurance company in Louisville and eventually moved everybody out. And so we don't call it the Aegon Center anymore because they are not there. Another thing uh, about about 500 West Jefferson, you know, another deal was Hilliard Lyons, another big tenant in that building, got bought by a company in Wisconsin called Baird. These are financial services companies. And this is both an example, again, of that corporate consolidation trend I was mentioning that's been hurting us, but also what people hope for for the future. So after Baird bought out Hilliard Lyons in 2019, uh, they had some redundancies and about 100, a little more jobs in Louisville were lost as a result of that. Uh, But they're not moving to the suburbs or elsewhere. Instead, they're going up to the top of 500 West Jefferson, uh, remodeling the space up there to kind of become the anchor tenant and to be an example to other companies uh, to recommit to downtown. We talked to Jim Allen, who is the top executive at the local office of Baird, and he's a, a former ch- uh, chairman of the Louisville Chamber of Commerce, so very civically-minded person. But even he admitted that his workers have had no problem transitioning to remote work. But it's happened remarkably well, and so productivity has been maintained, and, and we feel good about having you know been able to execute that way. That said... They've actually been very productive. And so it is going to be a slow transition back to the office. But he feels like eventually it will happen for them and for other companies downtown. But look forward to, you know, brighter days ahead when uh, downtown is recovering and we've got people coming and going with uh, a higher degree of uh, frequency. And Chris, some of these issues actually go back a lot further than just the last few years. Yeah, Katrina, I did this same story basically for the Courier Journal in 2013. And I realized that when I was doing my research uh, for this article and I found my old front page story in the uh, uh, the library uh, archives and you know there's the five biggest buildings and the percentage of their vacancies and you know the issue is that it's actually um, the, it's gotten worse uh, since that time but around 2012 2013 people were raising big red flags about this problem about you know needing to find ways to attract more companies and businesses to downtown that um, ebbed a little bit, got a little bit better. You know, while we haven't attracted a corporate headquarters to Louisville in a really long time, we got some back office sort of white collar work. So Ernst and Young put a facility downtown, a company called Computer Share, uh, located several hundred workers uh, in one of the buildings that was having trouble filling up. Uh, so it got a little bit better. 
But then the vacancy was on the rise again, right up until COVID hit. And of course, with that going on last year, the vacancy for class A space, which is the kind of space that uh, sophisticated companies would would lease, had gone all the way up to 22%. And that's the highest on record, according to JLL. So this is the most challenging time for this particular long-term problem that we have seen. Chris, there's an elephant in the room here, Humana. What do we know about their plans for bringing workers back downtown? Yeah, Katrina, when we talk about whether companies are going to bring their workers back downtown, really the decisions of one particular company, Humana, make such a world of difference for Louisville's downtown. Um, Humana is the only Fortune 500 company uh, in Louisville, uh, by far our biggest corporate headquarters. They employ about 12,000 people locally, and downtown they are both the biggest uh, tenant of their own owned buildings that they uh, own as a as a company that are not on the market and the biggest leasing company in the downtown space. So they also are leasing more space than anyone else. And more than 90% of their workforce nationally has been uh, at home or remote since the pandemic began. And of course, that applies to Louisville as well. Uh, but it's important to note that Humana was already moving towards non-traditional work settings before the pandemic. One of their spokespeople told me that about 35% of their workers were home-based before the pandemic. Uh, and you know, we know one thing that quietly happened in 2019 that didn't get a lot of press was they moved out of PNC Tower downtown, you know, just consolidating their footprint, you know, optimizing things as they sort of regularly review where they need space and, and where they don't. So it's a huge question to what degree Humana will bring its workers back downtown or if they will continue to remain home-based. And they told us in a statement that, quote, there are no immediate plans to downsize, but there's a qualifier here. At the same time, we are always looking at our real estate portfolio to ensure it meets the needs of our associates and our customers, and we will continue to do that now and into the future. So it's fair to say it's a big open question with Humana, and they're an example of a company that is sort of making use of empty office space downtown in a creative way. Last year, they opened in their clock tower building um, a NTI camp, a student and family support center for public school students in Louisville who are needing to go to school virtually. So this is a place that they can go to log in and, and get a little one-on-one -on -one help with their assignments. And of course, Katrina, last year we saw... We 
we shouldn't neglect to mention the impact of the racial justice protests. In the wake of the Breonna Taylor shooting, many people felt this city needed a reckoning. Hundreds of people have gathered and continue to march through the downtown tonight, upset over the deaths of black people at the hands of police across the U.S. That only increased the challenges for businesses, particularly street-level businesses downtown, and for you know workers who may have wanted to come back, uh, and just their difficulty, you know, getting in and out and and around. You know, Jefferson Square Park again, coming back to 500 West Jefferson Street, the building that used to be called PNC Plaza. It's right next to this little public park that kind of became the epicenter of the racial justice protests. And I know you've done some reporting on this. It then sort of morphed into a homeless encampment and has, then it got cleared by the city. And now with the anniversary of the Breonna Taylor killing coming up, I wonder if all of this is going to resurface. I, I think that's a lot of the uncertainty that a lot of these downtown businesses um, have. That's uncertainty that we have right now. And Rick Ashton actually pointed to it a couple times when, when we were talking with him and asking for, you know, what do you think would be some solutions or what are businesses looking for? And he mentioned um, the perception of crime or safety in downtown Louisville. And he made a point to say that, you know, this isn't just from this last year. Um, there's kind of be there's been a history of a perception of whether or not downtown is safe for workers to, you know, be working late and going to their cars and parking garages late at night. And then we add on this past year of um, the epicenter at Jefferson Square Park and what is now also known. Um, among protesters and many of the Louisville community as Injustice Square, that has been the epicenter. And there we've seen so much come from these protests. But at the same time, coming in on the one year, that question still lingers, not just for that square, but for most of downtown. And where will these protests be again? Uh, will downtown workers be cut off from their cars again or in parking garages? So those are still so many unanswered questions that as businesses are asking them, we are too. We just don't know at this point. You know, Katrina, I noticed something uh, scrolling my Twitter feed this morning that I think helps illustrate the point. So there's this campaign, Downtown Strong, like a branding marketing exercise from uh, the Downtown Louisville Partnership, which does a lot of good work to promote downtown and also oversees these downtown ambassadors who, uh, you know, pick up trash and clean and do the, and one of the things they say is from clearing debris to providing a safety escort, our team is always finding ways to make our city brighter, no matter the weather. But if, if you're in a downtown where you feel you need somebody from a special group to come be a safety escort, to me, that's illustrative of, uh, of a problem, you should feel safe walking around everywhere downtown. So it's clearly an issue. On the flip side of that coin, um, when we were talking to the owner at Cravings, you know, he says 
he's downtown and him and his brother, they, they take a walk downtown every single day. They've been downtown through the entire pandemic and they say they feel safe. So there's kind of, it depends who you talk to um, and which side of the coin you're talking about when it comes to this downtown issue. You know, Katrina, I think another thing that may end up just happening organically here is that if there's just not as much demand for workers downtown and for space downtown for them to work, some of these buildings might just be reborn as something else. And that could be a healthy process. And you recently did uh, a story on the Starks building, which used to be home to lots of little one-off lawyer offices and accounting offices and things like that, and is now completely empty. But there's a plan to remake that whole building as something else. Can you tell us about that? So the Starks project is really interesting. It's um, being spearheaded by Underhill Associates. They're a local uh, redevelopment group. They've done projects like uh, the Germantown Mill Lofts. Um, They right now have the uh, old Swiss hall that they're making into new apartments and um, houses, um, adding more living space in kind of the Germantown Schnitzelberg neighborhoods. Uh, but downtown is a huge project for this group. We're talking, you know, 600 some apartments in what used to be this massive uh, office tower that uh, the Underhill say was the center and core of downtown for so long. So they're excited to see people in their vision living in this building and bringing so many people back to downtown. This is a fabulous opportunity. Rarely do you find such a beautiful building of such scale and such a great location. Here's Jeff Underhill of Underhill Associates. It is a new clean canvas to paint a new picture with. And that's what we have here. So I'm very excited about it, if you can't tell. Uh, when we were talking to Rick Ashton and brought this up, he said, you know, brought up a great point to have people living downtown. Do you also need to have people working downtown? So it circles back around to which do you need the chicken or the egg first? They both kind of feed off of each other. We need people downtown to work so we can have cool projects like this attracting people to live downtown. But do you need people already downtown in order to do that? Chris, let's step back a minute. Um, For a mid-sized city like Louisville, do you think this remote trend is all bad? Is there a way our city can actually benefit? Yeah, and this is something, Katrina, I wish that, you know, I had a 2,500-word written story for this article, and and there was plenty jam-packed in there. This is something I wish I could have gotten to, but I think we're going to keep paying attention to. There is a flip side to this coin. Um, The fact that companies are no longer necessarily rooted in one single place and people having to show up to one specific physical location actually does create opportunities for kind of more livable 
less expensive mid-sized cities like ours. I keep telling people, I wish I could interview my next door neighbors. That's probably not a good idea, but they're like the perfect example of this trend. They worked at a company in Brooklyn. Um, it has something to do with video games and virtual reality. Um, you know, they are the kind of educated people that I hate when people use the word talent to refer to people, but it happens all the time in the business community these days. So you just have to get used to it, but they're the sort of talent that we want to attract to our city. They're the types of people that we say, oh, they're leaving. You know, our, our, our talented young people are going to Atlanta and other places for opportunities. Um, and they came to Louisville because suddenly their Brooklyn apartment uh, that was very expensive, but very near to all these, you know, restaurants and bars and coffee shops that didn't seem like such a great deal anymore. And they were working at home, never going to the office. They could live anywhere and they had a family connection here and they were right about to have a baby. So suddenly they trade up to, you know, a three bedroom house and like a real life for a family, uh, as opposed to being cramped in a city. And so now we have two people who, you know, if we can add more like that, it could be kind of almost like attracting, you know, a corporate headquarters or something that we would really like to have, but just one and two people at a time. I spoke with Rebecca Flyshaker about this, and she made that same point that we have people who live in Louisville and work for companies that have no nexus to Louisville at all. But it kind of requires a paradigm shift. You know, right now, uh, chambers of commerce and economic development people are focused on convincing companies and managers to locate places in your city to, to bring their businesses to you. Now, it's more about like livability and the things that your city has to offer to attract people to want to live there as opposed to businesses to want to be there for whatever reason. Um, there are some cities that are kind of ahead of the curve on this. You know, I've, I've read about Tulsa, Oklahoma. They have this program there that I think is privately funded where they will pay you $10,000 if you're the sort of um, tech remote worker that they are looking for uh, to help you get settled in, in Tulsa. Uh, so every other city is also kind of realizing this at the same time that we can uh, attract remote workers and that could help our economy. So I think for Louisville, I think the question is what what can we do to make the city more vibrant and just make it a place that people want to live and let them make that decision uh, and grow our economy that way. But it's interesting because you'll never see a, a, a ribbon cutting for that. There's never going to be a press release that says, you know, uh, we attracted, you know, 200 remote workers working for 50 different companies. I mean, that's just not something that happens all at one time. It happens incrementally in very small pieces. So it'd be interesting to see if that's something that Louisville can take advantage of in the future. There's definitely a lot for us to keep our eyes on uh, in the future when it comes to all these different facets of the problem. Chris, thanks so much for joining 
me this week. Katrina, thank you very much for stepping in and helping guide the conversation. Uh, I, I really appreciate it and uh, enjoyed working on the story with you. And it's definitely an issue that we'll be paying attention to and working on in the future. The Uncovered Podcast is a production of WDRB Media. Please subscribe, review, and rate wherever you get your podcasts.